Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 6, and then also you can turn to Luke chapter 10. Um, Luke chapter 6 is kind of our base camp where we were kind of, that's our theme verse for uh, this series. But then today we're going to be heading off into going to another, I guess you could say camp as well, Luke chapter 10. And um, today we were, this is the second week of our series called Out of Order, Out of Order, where we um, are taking, or talking, sorry, about the pattern and priorities of our life. The pattern and priorities of our life. And we learned last week, and we talked a little bit last week, and I think Corey mentioned it earlier today. Um, we all come from different backgrounds. We're all different. We all like different things. We um, grew up differently. Um, we um, have different views on certain things. We have different family dynamics. Um, so our lives uh, can look really um, very different from one another. Yet, in spite of these differences, there is a pattern and a priority of living that Jesus invites us into. Not Pastor Scott, not your mom or your dad or any, any sibling. This is strictly something that Jesus invites each and every one of us into, and it's something that each and every one of us can be a part of. It's not, well, no, only these people can do it. No, it is for every single one of us. And in that, it's not just a way of living, but it's actually the way that he desires for each one of us to live and to have our being and to move and operate with him. And so last week, we looked at Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. And this is where Jesus gives us the pattern, right, and the priorities of our living that he desires, not Pastor Scott, not the church. Not anybody else, but he desires that really honestly best suits us as believers. If you are a believer, it best suits us for kingdom living, okay? And we'll, we'll read this in a second, but basically what those, those, that, that pattern of living or prioritizing is this, to come to him, to hear his sayings, and to put them into practice. And so in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49, uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Now, this is the ones who, 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 who hears his saying and does them, right? He says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods arose, the streams beat uh, vehemently against that house. And could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you got the point. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So here, Jesus kind of, you know, he drops in the pattern and priority of our living that every one of us is supposed to follow. And then he moves on to compare and contrast the two types of people. Now, here's the thing about the two types of people. They had three things in common, 
And then they had one big difference. Now, the thing that they had in common is, first, they both came to Jesus. Okay? Because we can make that assumption based on not only Luke chapter 6, but if we cross-reference it with Matthew chapter 7, we can see that they, they were there and they were close enough because the second thing they had in common is they heard Jesus. They heard his teaching. They heard what he said. They were in earshot of what was going on. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Well, you know you have to be able to hear them in order to do them, right? I mean, makes sense. Then it says in verse 26, but everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them. So both heard, and, and the thing about it I want you just to think about, that's happening right now in this very room. Because you could come to church and you could be one of those two people. Because you could come and you could, hey, all right, I'm kind of giving my nod to God today. I'm going to get a gold star. I went to church. But really, I've got so many other things rattle on in my mind. And what am I going to do? And what's this going to happen or whatever? So that when God's word is spoken, you're not really hearing it. But then you have those that are in service today too that are like, no, I'm right there with you, man. I'm following what you're saying. I'm putting aside those things and I'm really trying to to dig into to what you're saying. And then the third thing they had in common was they went through the storm. They went went, went through a storm. How many of you have ever been through a storm? Not like, you know, just rain coming down, but just in your life, some kind of circumstance, some kind of thing that you've experienced that just seemed like, man, that is a storm. Jesus, show up, speak peace, please. Right? So they went through the storm. But then the difference was, is what they did with what they heard. Right? One, One heard and did what Jesus said. The other heard and didn't do what Jesus said. Now, the one that heard, man, he wasn't affected by the storm. The the, the storm came, but everything in his life still stayed intact. Yet the one who didn't apply, didn't put into practice the things that, that Jesus said, ended up getting just devastated. I mean, things were just, you know, destroyed. Out of, out of order, out of focus, out of just all over the place. And he suffered great loss. But see, that's not the heart of the Father. That's not the heart of Jesus. That's not the heart of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to suffer great loss in this life. He wants you to experience him to the fullness. He wants you to experience the full measure of who he is and the love that he has for you so that when storms do come, because they do come, we are still solid and not in a a place that is being ripped up and torn apart by the enemy, but actually we're we're good, We're, we're believing God's word, we're standing on God's word, we're thanking him for his presence and his His, um, power in our lives to move. And so last week we talked about the importance of this pattern of living and the priorities that Jesus was calling us to so that we won't be people living out of order but instead that we would, be, we would make choices and make every effort to be people who are living in order. 
I want to be a person who lives in order. Not out of order. In proper order. So the very first message last week was about just coming to him. Very simple. It wasn't, wasn't something complicated. It was the fact that, you know what? I'm coming to Jesus. Think about the storm scenario again, too, when they were in the boat. Jesus starts walking across, you know, and they, and they look, and it's Jesus. What did Peter do? He didn't run away. He, what, got out of the boat and came to Jesus in the midst of the storm. And so today we want to talk about hearing, right? Hearing his saying. So the title of my message today is Hear My Sayings. And you could kind of like put a subtitle on it. The one thing that is needed. The one thing that is needed. Bow your heads for a second. Let me just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this house. Help us to open our ears this morning to what you desire for us to hear. And help, it, help us to be able then to take it and apply it. And we thank you for it. Amen. Now, I asked you to turn to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read a story here. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. And then we're going to sometimes jump back to the King James, New King James Version. But this is what it says. It says, Now while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated, uh, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening. Now the message version says, hanging on his every word. It says to his, uh, continual listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, right? The message says it's the main course, which will not be taken away from her. So here we find in this passage that Jesus is entering into this village called Bethany. And he was invited to the home of, of Martha and Mary. Um, and not only were they sisters, but they also had a brother named Lazarus. You ever heard of that guy named Lazarus before? Okay. And in John's gospel, Jesus tells us that um, he loved Martha. He loved Mary. And he loved Lazarus. You would think, so what's a big deal? But it, it, to me, it says something about the heart of the Father. He loves you. He loves you no matter what. You know, was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus perfect people? No, I don't think they were. They probably had things just like us. But he loved them deeply. And then Luke goes on. Um, it continues to share that Mary, along with the others that were there, had gathered at the feet of Jesus to what? Hear his word. That's what the New King James says. Now, here's something that um, 
I found special to me. I hope you find it special to you as, as well. But it's about Mary's posture of her heart. Remember last week we talked about the posture of the heart? You come to him, but then you also have to have a heart of humility, a heart that kind of presses in and says, Jesus, I need you. Well, here we find Mary um, sitting at, 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 at the feet of Jesus. And if you, if you do a little bit of study, each time Mary's mentioned in, in, in some way, there are three times that we find Mary at the feet of Jesus. Now my mind automatically goes, man, did Mary have a, a, a foot fetish? No, she didn't have a foot fetish. Okay, but there was a reason. At least I got a little bit of a laugh, right? Just want to break the ice a little bit. Okay, but she was in a humble position each time. Here, here, here in Luke, it says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. John 11 says, she fell down at his feet, right? That was after Lazarus had died. She came up and she fell down. At, that's a positioning of the heart, right? And then in John 12, what does Mary do? She anoints and wipes the feet of Jesus with her hair. And so there's this connection between Mary and Jesus, because in the Jewish culture and tradition, sitting at the feet was something that a disciple did. See, Mary was a disciple. Now, back then, you know, it was kind of weird for a, a lady to be a disciple, but Mary takes the posture of a disciple. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 22, the Apostle Paul, he, he even says, he tells us that he was educated at the feet of Gamiel. So that's the posture of a disciple, one who has given their life over to someone else, to be taught, to be trained. And so she assumes this posture. So we know that she's a disciple. And then sometimes I think this, is, this might be missed too. Martha was a disciple. But we might say, whoa, 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 wait. She didn't choose to sit at his feet, Pastor Scott. But you know what she was? I, I, I think she was. Just in this moment, she didn't choose. And I'll give you why. Because there's this word in the uh, New King James Version um, that they add in. It says, also. Let me read it to you. It says, and she had a sister named Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. So that means to me, I think you could, it kind of communicates that Martha also, just like her sister Mary, sat at the feet of Jesus. So this could mean that that they both came to Jesus anytime Jesus was near. Anytime Jesus was teaching, he would, they would come around him and they would sit at his feet just to hear his words. Now, the word heard in the Greek um, is this word akuo, which means to hear something, to attend to, and cons- consider carefully that thing that is being said. Okay, it's not one of those things like if you go into a like Target or if you go into a coffee shop and you hear background noise, right? Or you hear a background song, unless you hear a song that you know from the past and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, right? You're kind of singing in your head. Am I the only one that does that? All right, all right, I can get a witness there, right? Okay, so sometimes though, you just, it's just noise. But what this is trying to get across is the fact that it's intently listening. It's intently trying to gain knowledge, gain the understanding, 
so that you are able then to put it into what? Practice. Or do what it is that you're trying to do. If you have um, teenagers or even kids, sometimes that's really hard. You're trying to tell them something, but man, their mind is a million miles away. They're not really listening. Do they do it all the time? No, they don't. But see, that's the thing where we have to understand that they're developing their ability to listen. Right? Just like we need to develop our ability to listen and to obey and to follow what Jesus is saying to us. And so here we find that they are pressing in, that Mary is pressing in to hear what Jesus has to say. And so what was he saying, right? That's kind of the question. Well, if we, if we glean anything from Scripture and we look at, like, say, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, whenever Jesus went into a house, he went in and he, he, he preached. He, he, he taught the Word of God. He taught the heart of his Father to people. Right? And, that, and that's all kind of the aspect of when you come to church and you're listening to God's word, that part of it is you are, are hearing the heart of the Father, that whoever is relaying the message, that it's actually the heart of the Father for you. And so it's not up here for hopefully never, ever will it come from my mouth, but it's never to sit there and say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No. To bring any condemnation or, or, or anything. No, this is, this is I hope, in, in my life that I'm able to just reveal the heart of the Father. The heart of Jesus. Every single time. And so when I look at this, I'm thinking about, oh, okay, so he, he's sitting there and he's preaching the Word of God. He's teaching it, right? And he was, he was doing that in her house. And, and, and Mary was paying attention, right? She, she chose to, to sit in the moment, She chose to just be at his feet and listen and consider what he was saying. Yet her her sister didn't. Right? We know that Martha was busy serving. Martha was hosting. She was taking care of the guests. And and one of the things you have to understand too back then, hospitality was was vitally important to the culture at that time. It was something that was very, very important. And so when you had guests in the house, you were to be a, a formidable, hospitable person. I mean, how, how many of you like to go to a house and you're going there for dinner, but yet the host and that maybe the hostess just aren't very good at doing that, right? And you're just kind of like, uh, you know, should we even be here? Maybe, anyways, um, but, but, but see, Martha was, was wanting to make sure that things were going correctly. And, and that is still the, the role that, that has played out today in many households, right? That Martha was, was cooking and, and doing all of this preparation stuff. But see, Martha gets a bum rap all the time. But see, Martha was just fulfilling what was expected in her culture. So here you have Martha doing what was expected, and then you have Mary who's doing what's unexpected. So much so that it ticked Martha off, right? She got mad. She approached Jesus. She asked him to tell Mary to get up 
Jesus, tell her to help me. Tell her to, to be engaged, to be involved. Help me with all this stuff. But then G- Jesus simply replies to Martha and says, Martha, man, you are worried and troubled about many things. But the one thing about your sister is that, you know what? She has chosen what is needed. She has chosen what is needed. And he was not going to take that away from her. And man, I, I, I think, um, as we were worshiping this morning, uh, I felt like this morning, man, before we even started worship, I was Martha. All of the things and the components of getting everything ready that I did not have a time in, in, and I had it this morning, but still, I like a time when, so we have a, a prayer time from 9 to 9.30. Uh, we call it preheat prayer. But man, I was busy hosting, busy getting things ready, doing all that. And man, there was a part of me that was just feeling like, ah, oh, I, was, I was Martha. I was worried. I was just intently doing this. But then during the worship time, it was like, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit's like, no, it's time to be Mary now. It's time to be Mary. It's time to just sit at my feet and worship. But see, we can come in from the outside, and I, I get it. We carry things with us. We've got all kinds of things that are going on in our mind. We've got to put this together, that together. This is coming up. This is doing all this stuff. But, but man, man, I just from the heart of the Father, he's just saying, you know what? When you come into this house... Come to be at the feet of Jesus. Just come to be at the feet of Jesus. Put, put all that aside for now. Push, just push it aside and just come and just be with him. And so Martha was distracted because of her serving. And that serving caused her to be worried and troubled which then led her to miss, right, the important moment. She prioritized things wrongly, right? In other words, you can't hear him when you are worried and troubled. You can't hear him when you're worried and troubled. There's something about you just don't have any peace. You've got constant turmoil going on. But when we're able to come to him, and we might talk about it in just a few minutes, but, but when you're able to come to him in just that scripture, cast your care on him, give it to him, then you're able to be at a point of being able to hear him speak to you. We, we all love words of encouragement, don't we? I would think, right? We all love when someone tells us, I love you. See, That's the God we serve. He's a God that wants to encourage you. He's a God that wants to tell you, I love you. But when we're distracted, when we're just out of order and and not in the right sequence, then what happens is we just can't hear him. We we, we try to get into our own um, abilities and, and stuff like that. And so Jesus kind of just what I love about this, he acknowledges that Martha is out of order, but he doesn't slam her for it, right? What I love is it says, Martha, Martha. 
That's kind of a, a, a way of encouraging or softly saying, hey, let me get your attention. Martha, Martha, you're out of order. You, you, you're not doing it the way I, I, my heart is for you to prioritize my relationship with you right now. I get it, but, but begin to, to, to shift in your heart and in your life. And so let me get to three points today. Uh, the first one is distraction is the chief enemy of hearing God. This is what we can glean from this passage of Scripture. Okay, distraction is the chief enemy of hearing from God. The word distraction means to be drawn away, driven about mentally, and over-occupied. Literally, it means to be pulled and dragged in different directions. Luke chapter 10, verse 40, again, he says, Martha, uh, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So in Martha's mind, she seemed like she had no choice. Have you ever been there before? Like just with your life. Things that you are encountering. I've got no choice. I've got to be able to, to, to just kind of like do it on my own. Because all of this stuff was pressing in on her. But the problem was is that she did have a choice. Every single day, Martha had a choice. This situation, this thing that was going on, yes, there was people there. there yes, there was the culture thing. But see, sometimes being at the feet of Jesus is going to be anti-culture. It's not going to be the norm. But see, we sometimes feel like, no, we've got to keep that stable so people don't think we're, you know, Jesus freaks or something. But, but the thing is, is, you know what? We have to go against the cultural norms and be able to say, no, what, what is the most important thing? The most important thing is Jesus. The most important thing is my relationship with him. The most important thing is for me to come and to listen, listen, first. Right? And Jesus shuts down the excuses, basically. He says, you know what? You might say, well, I don't have time. This, this just, oh, you don't even understand. Well, I heard a pastor say this once. And I, I just kind of want to read what he said. Because I think it kind of gives a, a, a view of it. He said, we all have 24 hours a day. Seven days a week and 12 months of the year. We have all been given the same amount of resources as it relates to our time. So to say that you do not have time is not true. A better way to say it is that I have chosen to steward my time differently and have not left any room for God. Now, I don't know where that hits, if it hits you at all. But, but that's something to think about. Yeah, we are all different. We all grew up different. But the, the fact is, is we all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days a week. We have 12 months out of the year. And it's what we choose to prioritize. That is the main thing. That is the main thing. So we, we don't necessarily, I think, have a problem with time. We just have a problem with stewarding that time. And only you know what that looks like for you. 
I can look at it from my perspective and say, oh, yeah, I can change that. I can change this. I can do that. But only you know for yourself how to, how to do that. But see, too, we're just kind of a distracted people. That's the culture that we live in, right? We're in a culture where we have more opportunity than, than to be distracted than at any time probably on the face of mankind, right? We've got phones. We got this. We got that. We got all kinds of things. All, everything that's in front of us. We got work. We got making money a priority. We got attaining. We got achieving. We got um, activities or hobbies that we throw in to our life to kind of keep us going and keep us um, you know, happening. You know, sometimes too, we, we, have, um, you know, we, we kind of brag about those things. Ah, yeah, I got this. I got that. Man, when was the last time you bragged about the fact that you sat at the feet of Jesus? Just, just throwing it out there. I, I'm pointing a finger at me, man. But, but, but see, you understand the importance of it, the heart, the heart behind it. But we choose to do other things, oftentimes. There's also a saying that says that time and money are a lot like water. If you don't tell them where to go, they will go wherever they want. And so we need to learn how to steward our time. We need to learn how to tell time where to go, right? Make an appointment with Jesus, right? You make an appointment for a doctor. You make an appointment for something else, and you try to keep that appointment, right? Unless something drastically happens. Well, what about getting up and saying, hey, I'm going to make an appointment with Jesus, Start, even if you've got to start simple. I'm making an appointment, just throwing a timeout, from 5.45 to 6, and I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then just keep that appointment every single day. You'll be amazed at what begins to happen in your life and in your relationship with Jesus. You might go from stale and dry to all of a sudden now, man, you are like feeling like, ooh, man, there are some things stirring in me with my relationship with Jesus. See, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want you to be stale and dry. He, he just doesn't. But see, the way that, 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 that refreshness and that, 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 that ability to not to stay stale and dry is for you to sit at his feet, for you to hear from him, for you to engage with him. Right? We don't want to wake up and go, oh, man, where did the time go? I just don't have time. This is just crazy. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17 says this. It says, see that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is that we would steward our time well, so that we can pattern and prioritize and be in alignment to his ways, to him being engaged with us every single day. So Martha was out of order because she wasn't prioritizing correctly in the moment. Second one is distraction is often a result of being worried and troubled. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Again, he wasn't reprimanding her, but he was trying to just course correct her heart. Could, Could it be possible that Jesus would say the same thing to all of us? 
hey, Pastor Scott, you worry, or just Scott, whatever. You worry and you are troubled about that. And it's distracting our relationship, our time together. So he's, a, he's, he's concerned about our heart and our actions. And he just wanted Martha to know. Because think about this. If you had somebody that you were very close to that you loved, would you want them to be walking in, in worry? Right? And being troubled? No, what you would love is either yourself or someone else to come alongside them and encourage them, right? To want to tell them, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's, you know, God, God's got a plan. See, we have to look at it. That's Jesus' heart. He's, he's like, hey, Martha, Mar- uh, Martha, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Stop worrying about and being troubled by these things that are pushing things that are pushing for your time to distract you from what's going on. I just need you to come to me and focus on me. Right? So so you can know he's got me. He's got me. Now these words, worried, in the Greek, and these aren't really complicated, you know, deep meanings, but I, I felt like it was important to go over it. Means anxious, Troubled with cares, preoccupied with looking out for a thing, and or caring uh, and providing for one's self-interest. That's the key. One's self-interest. While troubled means to be disturbed, disquieted in one's mind. You ever been there before? Yep. So when you put the two words together, it paints a picture of someone who feels that they are responsible to take care of and look out for their own self-interest. Right? It's that feeling, if I don't, then it won't. And it's this mindset that we get where we, we just are troubled and disquieted. So we start thinking, it's all on me. I have to figure it out. I have to do it myself. I have to care uh, of, of for everything to happen. I have to, I can't sit, right? I don't have time to do that because I've got to move. I've got to take care of that. I don't have time to hear him, him, him speak at all because I've got to take care of it. Now, you notice the one thing about that is it's all about I. Self-interest is about I. And see, that's where we've got to cross that line and say, you know what? No, I've got a, I've got a best friend. I've got a savior, i got someone who loves my soul so much that he wants to make it we. So when I'm troubled or disquieted or, or, or having um, um, worry, I shouldn't be carrying all of that. Remember we talked about in our Psalms 23 series, you never see a sheep as a pack sheep, right? Sheep don't carry large loads on their back wherever the shepherd's taking them. But see, that's what we do when it's about the self-interest. It's about, you know what? I have to do it. I've got to make it happen. I've got to do this. Well, Pastor Scott, you don't understand. Well, it's, it's what he's talking about. It's what Jesus is saying. It's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, I don't want you to carry all of this stuff on your own. 
I want you to simply be able to turn to me and say, you know what? It's we, not I. It's we together. Right? And plus, that, that, that's why he says, you know, in, in I think it's Matthew 11, when he says, come to me, all, right? All of you who are weary and heavy laden or heavy with burdens, right? And I will give you what? Rest. Why? Because you're, it's a we thing. It's not an individual thing. It's not you just trying, trying to do it all on your own. But see, we know that God, he, he's the good shepherd, Right? He, he wants to take you out of those worried and troubled times. He wants you to lead you by the still waters. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to make sure that you're not distracted. He wants to make sure that, you know what, you're not prioritizing inappropriately and, and missing the, the most important things in life. I mean, if you read Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, man, Jesus lays out all of these things like, why are you worried? He's going to take care of each and every single one of those things because we have a good father. We have a good shepherd. So that in order, after he says all of that, he says, man, you know what? You put aside that. Don't worry about anything. And then what he says, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. How precious is that? He's saying, don't worry. Don't be troubled, but seek first the kingdom of God. And then how does it go on? and his righteousness, and what? All these things. All these troubles, all these worries, all these things that need to be taken care of, he'll take care of them. He'll work together with you because that's the loving Father that we all serve. That's the, that's the Jesus we all serve. So our goal should be then to cast our care upon him every day. I've given this example before, but what happens is we say, okay, Jesus, I'll give you my care. And just like, you know, when he says cast, it's like a fishing rod. How many have ever fished before? Oh, I'll pray for you because, ooh, I hate fishing. But anyways, <laughs> right? But, but when you fish a rod, you, you cast the line out, right? But what happens? You reel it back in. Maybe too soon, Right? And you're like, they're not biting. The fish isn't biting. So we start reeling in it. Same thing. We cast our care over to him. And just because things didn't automatically change overnight, we're reeling it back in. I got to take it on myself. It's me, me, me. I, 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 I. When, when the Lord's all, no, no, hey, you didn't even give me a chance. Yeah, are you getting? So we've got to kind of get this goal inside of us that says, you know what, man, I, I have got to give it to him. I, I got to cast it over to him so that, you know what, trouble and worry can be put on his shoulders just as much as it's on mine, but knowing that he can carry it and that I can't. I don't have the capacity to. And then number three, the one thing that is needed is to sit at Jesus' feet and hear his sayings. Verse, um, uh, uh, verse 39 in, in Luke 10. Again, she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was, I, I just love the way it says it, continually listening to his teaching. To me, that just says, you know, that was something that was not going to be broken off. 
Then, you know, Mary comes to Jesus, demands, you know, all that change. But again, Jesus says in verse 42, but one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, what will not be taken away from her. Does, it's, it's, is Jesus able to say that about each and every one of us? That's the question. Scott's chosen the good thing. It won't be taken away from him. But see, that only happens if I am at the feet of Jesus. I am hearing his words. I am paying attention to what he's saying, and then I'm putting those things into practice. But would Jesus be able to say that about each one of us? And, 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 and in my own scale of my own thinking, sometimes I feel like he would be, not be able to say that. I'm just being honest. I'm not perfect. But see, that, that's, that's the, the goal, the progress that we want to get to. Where G- Jesus is able to look and say, they've chosen the best thing, the thing that is to their advantage. Everyone likes an advantage, right? I mean, who doesn't like an advantage? Okay, some, man, some of you are just so holy. Right? Everyone likes to have an advantage. Right? And so if you can have an advantage, then why not take advantage? Right? And the great thing about this is Jesus applauds it. You don't hear him saying anything other than, hey, she chose the best thing, man. She did the right thing. So every time that you come to him to sit at his feet, however that looks like, every time you do that, Jesus is, yeah. I know that's exaggerated, but you know what I mean. He's applauding that his friend, his, 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 his brother and sister, right, have come to him to, to spend time with him. Oh my gosh, if we could just get a revelation of that. He enjoys you coming to him. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happening in your life, he just wants you to come to him and to listen, to hear his voice. So that's the one thing, right? To sit at his feet, to hear him talk, receive, I'm going to say daily, what he has to say. And... I'm going I'm I'm to kind of maybe, maybe step on some toes too. It doesn't mean that you just do it like a daily devotion or just listen to a podcast just to hear more teachings. Instead, what Jesus is trying to do, he's trying to embed into our hearts and lifestyle that we would just actually stop and listen. Right? You can read your Bible. That's key. Read it. But see, what happens is when you read, see, God speaks to you 95% or even maybe 90%, 99% of the time through his word. In, in my Bible, my other Bible, I have in, in the very front of it, this is God's word, this is God speaking to me. So if I want God to speak to me, I've got to open up his word. I've got to get into it. But then what he does, he does such a great job at this because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you if you're a believer. So when you start reading his word, And there are times that, honestly, you just might need to pause. The Holy Spirit will open up that scripture to you in a greater way. Right? uh, They call it the rhema word of God. 
The Logos Word of God is what's written here, but the Rhema Word of God is something that the Holy Spirit just kind of, boom, explodes inside of you. See, that's the part of listening that we've got to get good at. To be able to say, man, I am struggling, I have a trouble, or I have this going on in my life. Man, I don't know what to do. Well, sometimes you just got to be quiet. Zip it. And be able to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What is it that, that you want to talk to me about? What is it? How, how do you want me to lead and uh, go in this direction? Lead me, right? Good shepherd. What does he do? He leads his flock. But, but it, it, it takes discipline. Because we, sometimes we're just very antsy people. But, but think about it. I think if you do that, Jesus would applaud you. He would be excited. Not this kind of drive-through thing, right? Our devotion time is drive-through. Just quick thing, in and out, boom, gone. No, man, he kind of wants you to, I don't know, you know, like some people go to Starbucks and spend hours and hours there, right? I've done that before. But, um, but he wants to just have quality time with you. He wants you to be able to, to, to kind of distract and, and take the distraction. So again, once again, if you walk into your quiet time in your secret place time or in this time, you might have worry and concern. Then that's when you cast it over to him. Lord, I'm going to give it over to you. And then you also do the physical thing and just turn off your phone. Can, can you live without your phone for 30 minutes? That's for some people that might be hard, but I think you can. But just push all the distractions aside. Turn the TV off. Do all of those things and just get before him and begin to just worship him, begin to to read his word, get into his word, get that understanding of what he has has said. Because I mean, the word teaches us all kinds of wonderful, magnificent things. But he just wants us to get to the point Well, we will prioritize our time to hear from him. That's living life in order. When you and I, as a disciple, make it a point to prioritize, schedule, pattern our life in such a way that we can be at his feet to listen to what he says. That's when we're living in order. But see, when we push that aside and say, man, we're just too busy, too many things going on, then we're out of order. And that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is for you to live in order. So do me a favor and and bow your heads and let me pray as we close the service. Holy Spirit, You are the great teacher. And I just pray that the words that were spoken today, that you would use to teach each and every one of us, me included, about the importance of this time to hear, to sit at the feet of Jesus. Lord, let it be our hearts cry that you could say they have chosen the best thing. 
may have chosen the, the, the best thing they could. Help us, Holy Spirit, to discipline our lives. To, to not try to subtract something or, or, or add one more thing to the schedule, I should say. Holy Spirit, don't, don't let us look at it from that perspective. But Holy Spirit, help us to understand or, or give us uh, an insight into what maybe we can subtract from our life in order to get at the feet of Jesus, in order to be at the feet of Jesus, in order to prioritize being at the feet of Jesus. Because we know that being at your feet is what leads us, guides us, directs us, gives us um, comfort and peace, gives us understanding that surpasses all knowledge. And so do a work within us. Do a work within us. Help us to choose the right things. Help us to choose the right priority. To correctly order our lives based on who you are and what you mean to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and mercy. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.